Time for seafood news. Hello, you're listening to the Seafood News Podcast brought to you by Erner Berry's Reporter Magazine, the quarterly news magazine for the food industry professional. You can find a digital copy of the spring issue or subscribe for free by visiting ernerberry.com slash reporter. I'm Seafood News Managing Editor Amanda Buckle. And I'm Seafood News Staff Writer Ryan Doyle. Thank you all for listening. Um, I'm just looking at the screen now, and Lauren was supposed to be here, but Lauren's been deathly ill for like three, four months now, and I have Ryan saying, I'm Erna Berry, Mark Reporter, Lauren Castiglione. So anyway. That would have been funny. That would have really thrown some people off. That's Ryan. not a familiar voice. <laughs> Lauren, you're sounding very, uh, a very deep voice today. Um, so uh, Ryan, thanks for being here, and we have a lot to talk yes. about, Busy mainly the Boston Seafood Show. And that's right. Exhibitors were dropping out left and right last Monday and early Tuesday until Diversified Communications ultimately announced that they would be postponing the event. That's right. Liz Plisga, the group VP at Diversified Communications, emailed registered attendees that after many weeks of monitoring the evolving situation around the coronavirus and evaluating the full uh, spectrum of feedback they received among hundreds of calls and emails, uh, Diversify decided that the 40th edition, which is crazy, 40 years, yeah. of a Seafood Expo North America slash the Seafood Processing North America will not take place as scheduled in March. Plitzka explained that the decision was a difficult one, but that the decision to postpone was unavoidable after hearing from a number of attendees and exhibitors that they were concerned about health, safety, and travel restrictions. With that said, Plitzka added that Diversified is committed to finding a solution to deliver an event in North America this year to ensure business continuity to the seafood industry. And according to Diversified, details on when and where will be communicated directly to customers in the next month. And they did not say that, um, they said depending on date and location Mm -hmm. availability, the event actually might look different for 2020, um, but will still provide the opportunities for suppliers and buyers to connect. Um, So customers will have the choice of either rolling over exhibit space payment to the future 2020 event or to the March 2021 event in Boston. And personally, I'm hoping for someplace warmer. Yeah, that would be right. That would be nice. I was just looking forward to go. It would have been my first trip up to Boston, which I was really looking forward to. And then we... We get the we get the bad news, but hopefully there's there's another opportunity. And again, there's always next year if not. So forty one. Yep, year forty one. <laughs> and um, right now, Diversified still plans on hosting the Seafood Expo Global Show in Brussels in April. Uh, that show is scheduled from April twenty first through the twenty third at the Brussels Expo in Belgium. This is actually the last Seafood Expo Global Show in Brussels. In twenty twenty one, Diversified will be moving the event to Barcelona, which is another very uh, interesting city, one that I definitely want to visit out in Europe. And those who are registered for that event will want to keep an eye on the website for updates. Uh, Diversified said that they are monitoring the situation closely in Brussels and are dedicated to providing a valuable and safe global platform to the industry. Now, moving on from the coronavirus, let's talk Lent. Weird segue, but I'm going to go with it. Um, So Lent kicked off on Wednesday, February 26th, and there are so many QSR and fast casual restaurants offering seafood options for those that observe. So let's run through them. Well, of course, there's the McDonald's filet of fish Give me that filet of fish Give me that fish. fish. Woo! 
Yeah, that, nice. What a that what a throwback! Good. That was <laughs> I can't get couldn't get that commercial stuck that's in my head for all those years, right? Yeah, yeah that, that's a good one. It's a year-round staple, but sales tend to tick up during the Lenten season. McDonald's reports that they sell nearly a quarter of their yearly fillet of fish sandwiches during March. The fillet of fish has been on McDonald's menu since 1965, but it wasn't until 2013 that the fast food chain committed to using sustainable Alaskan pollock for its sandwich. The pollock is topped with American cheese and tartar sauce and served on a soft steamed bun. There's the Burger King Big Fish Sandwich, which also has an offering made with Alaska Alaskan pollock. And this year, Arby's has three limited-time offer fish sandwiches on their menu. The King's Hawaiian Fish Deluxe, the Crispy Fish, and the Fish and Cheddar. While all these three sandwiches use Alaska pollock, they each feature different um, toppings. But out of all of them, Arby's is really banking on their fish and cheddar sandwich this year, even going as far as to launch an attack on the McDonald's filet fish sandwich. Now, you actually wrote about that. Did yeah. You, what do you think about it? Like, do you think they were... I, I think they, they have YouTube ads everywhere, mm-hmm. you know, and I really, it reminded me kind of the, um, and that's just kind of what I related to the chicken sandwich war this past year. I think they're huge. trying to start another war here, um, you know, between Popeye's and Chick-fil-A this time. It looks like it's Arby's and McDonald's, um, but it's kind of, you know, I think it's smart marketing for both sides. Yeah. Even, you know, even McDonald's is going to see benefit, just gets it into people's minds that these are options during this season. You know, as we know, seafood, it's big time of year for them this time of year. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I thought it was pretty effective and, and, and kind of funny. And, oh, yeah. You know, I love so. good social media. Yeah, work. little brother, big brother type thing going on there. But if listen, if it works, it works. And again, if you go on YouTube and watch a video, that ad's going to be there. Maybe it's just because we're also looking for seafood stuff all day, with whoever, <laughs> you know, but still, it's 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 working. At no, least I mean, it's getting my TV, attention. You know, I mean, I'm seeing well, so yep. many Arby's uh, commercials for mm-hmm. the fish images, yeah. which is pretty cool. Uh, and Alaska Pollock really is the QSR favorite during Lent. Bojangles brought back the Bojangler. Bojangler. Bojangler sandwich for Lent, which features a wild-caught Alaska Pollock filet topped with American cheese and creamy tartar sauce. Again, these companies seem to be on the same – they all have that same type of offering, give the, right? Give the people what they want. Yep, it's, exactly. You can top cheese on anything yep, and people there. will eat it. Yeah, oh, yeah definitely. That's, a, that's true. 100% true. <laughs> and 7-Eleven, which I guess technically isn't a QSR fast casual restaurant, but we're going to add it in here anyway. And they even introduced a Pollock sandwich for Lynn. Which I think is uh, our boss, Jim, keeps trying to convince us to do a taste test of it. And I'm open to it, but I'm, I'm just going to be completely honest out there. Fish sandwich from from 7-Eleven is a little concerning to me. Yeah. It's not the first place I would go, but I'm open to trying it. And mainly, honestly, because I like Pollock. Yeah, listen, well, that that's a great point to start, and I do think maybe I'll take a you know a field trip out one afternoon if I if I get to go ahead. And I might just bring all these in, whatever's near us, and we'll have a whole <laughs> taste test of all these Pollock sandwiches and what you know whatever I've been, else. I've been is thinking out there. about that, but the tough thing is, and, and we've talked about this on the podcast before in our videos and stuff, is it's that um, you know seafood doesn't exactly travel Tra- well. Yeah, that's the problem. You know, and, and we, we had Red Lobster delivered here, and it, it wasn't you know it was fine actually. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't too bad. Um, you know, when we, we did a, a video where we had, uh, their new, um, lobster and chips, right? Yes. Yeah. And it was good. But you know, when you're going around, cause if you want to do a real taste test, you got to have all these sandwiches. So if you're doing a sweep, I mean, and we're fortunate that we have, I don't know if this is, is fortunate, but yeah. we have, we're on, we're on like QSR chain over oh here. My gosh, like yeah, I, I, there's a McDonald's, right. Taco Bell, Burger yeah, King. Everything. I mean, Wendy's. Yeah, I cannot. There's a Dunkin' Donuts. We can name them all. We yeah. can, but it's like going around picking them all up. And then by the time it's like an hour later, right. yeah. we have all these fish That's sandwiches true. in our car. So we're gonna have to figure it out. But I am. We're gonna do it. We're yeah. just, we're gonna go to Seven Eleven. We gotta figure out the logistics. We're gonna find. <laughs> we're gonna find this Pollock sandwich, and, and we're gonna we're gonna go to town. <laughs> but anyway, um, 
back to our list. <laughs> Got a little <laughs> sidetrack. Sorry, I, ha- I happen to do there. that on tangents all the time. <laughs> but um, then there's Wendy's. Uh, you know, we keep talking about Pollock, but Wendy's actually does something slightly mm-hmm. different from their competitors, and that they offer a wild caught North Pacific cod sandwich during Lent instead of the go to Pollock. Uh, and Smashburger, which introduced their first ever fish entree this year for Lent, um, also went with cod for their fish sandwich, which is pretty interesting. So they're they're really separating themselves from the rest of the pack. And then we'll take a look at Long John Silvers. And during Lent, guests will be able to indulge in a two for six dollar mix and match deal that includes a five piece fish shrimp dish, a two piece crab cakes, and two piece of wild caught fried Alaskan pollock. And those that visit on Sundays will be able to take advantage of the ten dollar sea shale. Sea Sally sells. She sells by the seashore. That is a that is a tongue twist. They got me. See, good job, Long John Silvers. A ten dollar sea shares or all you can eat Sundays starting at seven ninety nine. And like Long John Silver's, Captain D's menu is jam-packed with seafood, but during Lent, guests can order the Captain D's Double Dozen Shrimp, which features 24 lightly battered shrimp piled high and served with a choice of two sides and Captain D's world-famous hush puppies. Now, speaking of shrimp, uh, Del Taco has brought back their popular crispy jumbo shrimp, which can be added to a taco or burrito. And Pinchero's Mexican Grill also brought back their mouth-watering shrimp for Lent, and that can also be added to a burrito, taco, bowl, salad, or quesadilla. So many options for that shrimp. Um, Now, Popeye's has a quarter-pound popcorn shrimp meal, and you can even go to White Castle and indulge Mm -hmm. in a craver favorite, their shrimp nibblers. So in addition to their new panko-breaded fish slider, which is made from Alaska Pollock, believe it or not, White Castle actually has quite a few different because um, they also have clam strips, they have their fish nibblers, so they have quite a few different options for seafood lovers. Wherever you go, QSR, fast casual, you're bound to find seafood, yeah. um, or you may even find a plant-based option. You know, I yeah. know we've been, if you uh, follow Food Market, our sister website, uh, they're always talking about plant-based options. Um, you've got the Impossible Whopper and all that stuff. But, um, you know, plant-based foods are becoming more popular on menus, and it was a hot topic at the National Fisheries Institute's Global Seafood Market Conference in January, mainly because of labeling concerns surrounding the, you know, so-called uh, vegan seafood, mm-hmm. you know, how can it be vegan and still seafood? But um, <laughs> some interesting news that surfaced last week is that Bumblebee Foods has actually entered into a partnership with Gathered Foods Corporation, and they're the makers of Good Catch, which is a plant-based uh, seafood company. And this news is pretty interesting in that it marks the first and only major seafood company to partner with a plant-based seafood brand. Uh, Jan Tharp, the president and CEO of Bumblebee Foods, said that the partnership is a win for not only Bumblebee, uh, Good Catch, and consumers, but also for the health of our oceans. Tharp said that Bumblebee is been deeply committed to sustainable fishing and that they have been actively working to manage fish stocks across their portfolio. Tharp added that it's critically important that as an industry, we continue to innovate solutions to decouple growth with environmental impact. It'll be interesting if other companies follow suit with plant-based partnerships. I'd like to see... Um, yeah, I mean, it's like you said on Food Market, um, you know, our colleague here, Andre, mm-hmm. is every, it seems like every day at QSR, there's, a, someone, new, there's yep. a new product out there, there's a new... Um, new protein that's involved with. So we'll see what how big of a you know impact this is going to make, especially with a big player like Bumblebee getting yeah. in, getting involved. So. Yeah, it'll be int- uh, definitely interesting to watch. I know, like, uh, I mean, you know, vegan seafood yeah. can, can can technically be, um, you know, like for people who have shellfish allergies, but mm-hmm. you know, like seafood or want to indulge. I mean, that's one way to look at it. It's like it's not exactly competition. You know, we're we're offering mm-hmm. it to people who can't normally eat mm-hmm. shellfish. Um, but, you know, could even go to somebody like, you know, maybe like a, a, a starter 
you know, pescatarian. You know, if yeah. you're a vegetarian, you're like, you know what? Like, I've never really tried fish before. You try this. Next thing you know, you're eating the real yeah, deal. Yeah, if, if you're looking for something that's in the diet, it, it, it could be a transition-type yeah, deal. But and again, once that once legislation <laughs> comes out and more labeling things are, yeah. are in place, it's, I, I think things are going to become more clear for, for everybody involved. Agreed. Now for a couple of other final news bites. Uh, the Maine Department of Marine Resources released their 2019 commercial landings on Friday. And according to the agency, 2019 landings were the second most valuable of all time. Last year, Maine's commercial fishery brought in a value of nearly $674 million, an increase of more than $26 million from 2018. Looking specifically at lobster, harvesters in Maine landed 100.7 million pounds for a value of 485 million. That is a big chunk mm -hmm. of the, uh, you know, the $674 million. It's, yeah. it's all lobster. Um, the main DMR reports that this is the ninth year in a row and only the ninth ever that landings topped 100 million pounds. But while the pounds land in 2019 was 17% lower than 2018, the per pound value increased 20%. So in 2018, price per pound was $4.05 and it increased to $4.82 in 2019. And in other news, Clearwater Seafoods has initiated a strategic review, which means that the company is moving towards a sale. The decision to enter the review process stems from the company receiving interest from several potential buyers. The company said in a statement that Clearwater's board of directors has determined it is timely, prudent, and in the best interest of the company and its stakeholders to commence the strategic review in light of the company having recently received several expressions of interest. And now Seafood News founder John Sackton explained that the interests of private equity in acquiring vertically integrated seafood companies is behind Clearwater's move to sell. Private equity firms want a stable stream of income, which isn't always the case in the seafood industry. And in general, Clearwater has provided stability, aside from exceptions like the company's issue with surf clam licenses at the end of 2019, which we've covered on seafoodnews.com. Check it out. Yep. And finally, January imports were released on Friday, and the data shows a sharp 19.4% increase in the amount of shrimp entering the U.S., since 2009, there are only three instances where January's year-over-year -year imports surpassed this year, and the average during this period was an import gain of 5.4%, so this year was more than three and a half times higher on an actual basis. Of our top five trade partners, India, Indonesia, and Ecuador ship more. Meanwhile, Vietnam and Thailand sent less shrimp to the U.S., India continued to dominate the trade flow with a 43.5% market share in January, but Indonesia in second place was much more active given the seasonality, topping 20% of the share. As China becomes less of a buyer for Ecuadorian product, the proximity to the United States and already established relationship grew imports by the largest increase. These three markets accounted for nearly 77% of January imports. For all of 2019, this was an increase from 71.4% of total share. In terms of product form, the U.S. imported more headless shell-on, which includes easy peel, peeled, cooked, and breaded in January. And Amanda, that's the guacamole. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. <laughs> and thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, we'll be back here next week. Maybe Lauren will join us. Yes, maybe not. Maybe not. I'm yes. ready. I'm ready to step in. We might, uh, <laughs> you've been great, Ryan. So. Thank you. Thank goodness we have you, and thank goodness for medicine to get Lauren back on the mend. Um, she might be in quarantine. But, but uh, thanks again, and we'll see you back here next week. Bye-bye.